Hello, and welcome to the XR Stories podcast, where extended reality and storytelling meet. In this series, you'll meet creative producer John Rose Adams. John will be talking to the creators and innovators behind immersive storytelling projects supported by XR Stories. You're going to hear about all sorts of interactive storytelling genres, from theatre to gaming to virtual reality escape rooms, and so much more. Christine and Davey from Studio Maguire use their creativity and expertise in storytelling and technology to create work using different aspects of extended reality. In this episode, they talk to John about some of their projects. So, prepare to explore the world from a new perspective, where anything could become the setting for a brand new adventure. Hello, Christine and Davey Maguire. Hello. Thank you for being on our um, on our podcast. We've got loads to talk about today. Um, we've got projection mapping. We've got vampires. We've got augmented reality. Beautiful things made out of paper. Virtual reality. A little bit of virtual reality in there. So I figured it's all there. And all the stories that you can tell with all of those amazing things. I want us to primarily focus on a project that you developed with the Sport of XR Stories back in 2019 and 2020. But then I want to go beyond that and talk about what you've been doing since um, and some of the projects and commissions you've been working on. But very first, I'd like you to talk a little bit about yourself. So can you introduce yourselves, um, tell us a, a bit about your background, when and why you founded Studio Maguire? Okay. Um, yeah. So me and Christine, uh, we're multimedia artists. We work in a range of disciplines and I think our backgrounds are both started in the performing arts. Uh, Christine is a dancer and I studied theatre and we met many moons ago in Holland when I went to a dance exchange as a theatre student. Um, and Christine asked me to be in one of her performances that she was choreographing and um, I tried it on with her and the rest is history <laughs> but yeah so we started working together um, years and years ago um, and both I think had an interest in starting with storytelling really and we were both um, in our disciplines kind of in dance and theatre looking at different ways to tell stories and different mediums and just exploring storytelling really i would say that the through line through our work is on the one hand storytelling and on the other hand projection mapping and since actually our first xr stories grant it's been not just projection mapping but now we're exploring immersive technologies so mm. that's that's the through line but i think yeah we were both um, apart from our own disciplines always interested in sort of reaching beyond and mixing everything and um sort of also I think often we have a vision for a certain project and then we go out and try to find or learn the skills that are necessary to do that so for example a lot of the times recently we thought wouldn't it be great if we could put ourselves into our paper models also because a lot of our audiences have often said oh wouldn't it be nice I, I want to live in your paper worlds and suddenly with VR there is a there is a, meth a method a technology to do that so it always works a little bit I think we are we're a little bit of a jack of all trades where we have an idea and then suddenly we go right what do we need to do or learn or find out 
out in order to bring that into existence. So that's why it's always really hard to do an elevator pitch about us. No, I think that's that's spot on. And, and it, it, it strikes me that you're you're both excellent and also quite unique in, in that combination of very intricate traditional craft. So, so you mentioned sort of the paperwork, Christine, but I mean, th this is, I mean, I'll, I'll cat-handedly um, sort of explain this to the listeners, but this is like, we're talking exquisite cut paper at, at, at sometimes at a quite very, very sort of micro miniature scale, highly detailed stuff, which is the hands, the, the, the amazing thing that hands could do. And then on the other end, you've got these immersive technologies, which are kind of about as good as ones and zeros can do and they seem to be at quite quite extremes of, of kind of what you could choose in terms of your your thing so and I, was, I guess I was wondering what what draws you to bring those two sort of extremes together is is that from your training or is that just because it really does enable you to do something like different that we don't see very regularly I think what um, how we've come about to do those things is actually probably starting off as artists and not having much budget to do anything and not having a big budget to make massive sets or, um, you know, so like one of the projects, uh, an early piece that we made was called The Ice Book, which was a, is a pop-up book that comes to life with video projections that sort of augment the pages to tell us a story. Um, and that came about really because we wanted to make a, a model of a giant paper set, like not, not a paper set, a theatre set um, that would work in a kind of full scale theatre that you could, that would, the set would work like it would turn the pages of a pop-up book and projections would happen on this kind of grand scale. Uh, and so the idea with the, the ice book was we were going to make a maquette for it. We were going to make a kind of demonstration to show producers uh, what the piece would be, would look like on a big scale. And it kind of worked. And I think um, a lot of that early stuff, Christine was, yeah, cutting a lot of that by hand because it was, it was kind of the materials that we had on uh, the budgets that we did have. Um, and they kind of, it kind of grew legs. So I think as well with the tech stuff, you know, it's like, what could we do with a, with a laptop and a, and a camera and, kind of on a low budget really that's how it came about and I, I kind of we kind of refined skills through the lack of material I guess if that makes sense yeah I I agree um I also think there is a sort of nostalgia and a melancholy to some of our work and maybe that is also why we hark back to more traditional mediums sometimes mm. but at the same time I think we both just like, you know, the, the whiz bang pop and the magic of, of technology. You know, if you can, if you can suddenly uh, make a, a statue talk with projection mapping, it's just, it's quite cool, right? <laughs> Um, so there is there is just this this nice mix of um, being able to create something quite magical and surreal, but also harking back to, you know, physical, tangible, craftful um, technologies, actually, that also people can relate to. I think often um, there is a, a sense in our audience that they can relate to the craft of it and they find something new in the technology so it's sort of um, a bridging two different worlds um, and that creates a nice reaction in audiences i brought my um daughter along to your um your it's called one night at the mansion wasn't it the, yeah. the thing and um 
listening to the the other sort of audience members as you do kind of like do this and the, their expression of sort of joy and surprise was because they hadn't got a clue what the technology was that was doing it you know and so and that for them was just that that was pure magic for them they were like this is brilliant like they, they it wasn't obvious you know it wasn't kind of tried and tried and tested tricks that they could go yeah i know how they do this and they were like oh, oh my god there's like a there's a tiny sort of person running around underneath that bed that's amazing you know and it was so so good to, to sort of watch that because it, yeah it disarmed the audience and they were that technology just became kind of the the, the magic that they saw so yeah spot on So can you tell me a little bit about your project um, with XR Stories? I guess to start with what you wanted to set out to explore, but then also where did that lead you and what did you create through the project? The work that we've made in the past, we have always kind of created a story um, and then let the audience experience it, like telling them a story. And I think the idea with... um, working with XR and game engines was where it came from really in computer games was was the idea that what would it be like for a audience member to control a character within our stories or um yeah what what how does that affect narrative uh when um a character chooses to do something that um isn't preset in a kind of standard way uh, and how can we tell stories with giving the audience agency in our pieces really um and that's where it kind of came about the idea of starting to work with game engines and starting to work with with video games uh, as a as a kind of theatrical tool. Yeah, I think we were interested in adding interactivity to our work um, because we always prescribe stories and visuals to our audience and that gives us a lot of control which is great Mm. but um, I think involving the audience you know it's becoming more of a thing and people really enjoy interacting with pieces so we wanted to get into that and games engines seem to be the best way to to do that and that's why um yeah we applied to exos stories and then we made three pieces didn't we Davy? do you mm-hmm. want us to talk about that john yeah go on i'd like you to introduce each of those because they're quite different and unique in their own ways yeah so we made three well they are prototypes um mm-hmm. um one is called lucy and that is a combination of our um papercraft modeling together with a game um, so we created a, a paper diorama um, and then the, the game in it was about controlling a vampire who ran through the, you know, through the church and s- jumps over the church and is, you know, haunted by people who want to s- stake her. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and it's all set in a, in, a, in a sort of beautiful paper diorama. So that's where we combined, again, our old um, papercraft techniques with video gaming. And that was the first video game we've ever made. And then we created another prototype um, called uh, Shelf Life. And we uh, took the idea of a super plumber man. Right, Davey? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, no copyright. <laughs> 
And we we had this idea that we wanted someone to be able to control a Super Mario character in and let them run wild in their living room sort of thing. So we made it a projection mapped video game where we set up a few shelves and, you know, put sort of domestic things on the shelf. And then someone could control a, a character, the, the Super Plumber Man, to jump over books and, and you know, action figures and fight action figures and stuff like that. And then the third one, which we are now developing, where we're actually getting interest for, for commissions now, um, was called Pinball Wall. And it was the idea of uh, making a, a street arcade, so projecting a video game onto the facade of a building. So making a massive video game, essentially, for someone to control the pinballs that you get in a, in a, in, in a pinball. And for these uh, balls to bounce off actual architectural features mm. on the um, the facade of a building. So yeah, those those were the three the three prototypes that came out of our first XR stories support. That's amazing. And and so can we geek out a little bit on projection mapping? So the projections can be very small and essentially you know not the the projection doesn't travel a very long distance before it hits the surface that mm. illuminates, but they can be. I guess these are fairly huge projectors, right, that can fire light onto an entire wall. But am I right in thinking so that the, the mechanisms, the, the, the ways in which you make the game are the same, doesn't matter about on the scale. So tell us about that. And so, so you mentioned game engines a bit. Um, it's like, it, it, it seems to me that's kind of like core now to the connection you've got to interactivity and be able to create this. Tell us about your experience of it. Yeah, I don't know. Uni so Unity is a games engine. Um, so I think, Dave, you have to correct me here, right? It was first developed in order to create computer games, to, to, to create all these sort of interactive functions where you can manipulate characters and, you know, all, all these sort of things. But what is happening now is that it can be used for all sorts of other things. Like there's another games engine called Unreal, and that is used now in big uh, uh, Hollywood film productions. You know, you create whole backgrounds, so you don't need to put an actor into the real world anymore and film them. You just put an actor into a massive studio with um, big screens around them. And depending on how the actor moves, the images on the screen move around the actor to recreate this uh, real-world environment. And that's all done in games engines. So it's an extremely powerful tool to do a lot of magic with. <laughs> Unity started before um, games engines. People would develop computer games by pure code, right? And what happened was the computer games companies created games engines for their very specific company. So Atari had a games engine or Sega had a games engine. It was the software that they used to create their computer games based on code. And Unity is a kind of an open source games engine that has an interface that allows kind of people to build games engines without having to start like building from the ground up and starting like yeah without having to build it from the ground up with code 
Um, and then, yeah, games engines, as Christine said, have, have developed and become really, really versatile things, um, not only for making computer games, but for using, um, for creating augmented reality experiences, um, for virtual reality experiences, um, for interactive art projects, for live visuals, yeah, for all sorts of things. I think it's just about understanding enough about the software to know what is actually possible. Yeah. So, for example, um, we are now looking at um, combining dance and interactive projection mapping. And initially we were thinking, oh, we use touch designer, but then more and more people actually keep saying, you know, you can use Unity for that. So it's just, it, it's a constant learning. Oh, so it can actually do this as well, right? Mm. <laughs> if you understand it enough, I think you can direct people in a, in a better mm. way. So mm. it's mm. it's finding the right mix of understanding it but not getting getting bogged down with the technology and letting someone else do that if we leave the xr stories projects at that point because after that you've already sort of mentioned um in a couple of ways you went on from there to explore augmented reality and that was um through the creative xr program which is a joint initiative between arts council england and the digital catapult organization i won't be so bold as to say there is a golden thread between kind of our funding and all the other wonderful things you've been doing since but i think there is a sort of logical progression at least from that so can you tell us a little bit about that project how you bought sort of augmented reality i guess into your kind of creative um practice and then I guess also what it was like being part of the Creative XR program. So the idea of augmenting spaces through kind of changing the visual meaning of that space is something that's kind of inherent in the work that we do. And so augmented reality was a kind of a logical progression in order to do that. And, and a way of, uh, because everyone has devices, everyone has kind of um, a phone or a pad or a mobile device they've got the ability to see kind of cool augmented things that projections could do without the expense of it really um with the xr stories project we made a long time ago we made a piece called the ice book which was a pop-up book that came to life with video projections and our idea with that was a like full-scale theater show but it became a thing it became kind of it grew legs and it became its own kind of touring little miniature theater piece but in order for it to work it needed a projector to be placed in a very specific way and hidden away and it needed a, a lot of setup um, and the, so the idea with the creative xr project was to create an augmented reality pop-up book that would just be much easier for people to experience um, and something that could be kind of an at-home product eventually. We initially conceived the project for Creative XR as a pop-up book that comes to life through a HoloLens, so through oh, yeah. smart glasses. It wasn't it wasn't going to be True. augmented reality with with a tablet. Um, it was going to be you put your glasses on and the magic starts to happen. But because the technology is still quite cumbersome and and very expensive, and all our mentors said just don't do it, not yet. <laughs> So that's why we decided to do it with with AR instead of uh, smart glasses. But yeah, like Davy said, it's actually it's just a logical progression from what we do, which is mm. just to enhance these real life um, environments, or like in our case, you know, 
artworks or crafted things to bring them to life with, with these technologies. And yeah, it was a, I mean, we couldn't have done the, the creative XR application without mm. all the knowledge that we had gained from the R&D we, we managed to do through the XR Stories grant. So the knowledge we gathered from, from one led to the, led to being able to do the next one. And I think the knowledge we're gaining from that, you know, has probably informed the, the, the VR application we did for, for XR Story. So it's, it's just this continual progression, really. And I don't think we've actually name-checked the, 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 the project. So Yeah, The Invited is an augmented reality pop-up book uh, experience that tells the story of a vampire um, that is trapped within the pages of the book. And upon opening the book, the audience release the spirit of the vampire into the world again. Um, and that's what the piece is about, yeah. Yeah, and it turns out that the spirit of a vampire is actually quite bad for the world. <laughs> so the audience is complicit in a rather mischievous thing there. <laughs> Magical. Um, and, and the Creative XR work is, is still ongoing. Um, so where are you, what are you developing um, now, what's where, where's that project at? So that project, we're waiting for funding from France and Canada. So it's a, it's going to be an international co-production with France and Canada. And um, so there's we're supposed to hear about the funding outcome from France next week and then next month from Canada. Mm. And in the meantime, we're using the Creative XR funding to work on the story. So we've commissioned a writer and he's written a very beautiful story. And so we're, 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 we're it's really interesting to work with a writer on this kind of story because it's uh, usually in VR or AR or film, you can uh, tell a story with lots of cuts, close-ups, cutting back and forth, etc., etc. But in this experience that we are creating, it has to be very linear. So you turn the pages of a book, you see a scene, and there's no way of getting a close-up or cutting to a detail. You always you have to tell the whole story within this one kind of wide view almost. Um, and yeah. then once you turn the page, you're onto the next scene. You can't turn back to the previous scene. So there's a lot of logistics in working out mm. how does the technology and the craft or the object really work together in order to tell a story. Mm. Um, so it's, it's quite interesting. It's not like commissioning a writer to come up with a great story. You get a draft and you say, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. That's not going to work because the, the physicality of the book, the rules of the book just won't allow it. So mm. it's an interesting, um, process at the moment. It's not like a writer. It's more like a story designer. I think that's what we were, how we've coined it. Um, because as Christine says, cuts uh, all the things that are kind of standard about film when you give a tablet to a person they're the camera person so you have to um through the 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 visuals and the action you have to guide them to the things that you want them to see that's a really much harder thing to do than just uh, someone watching a film where you can just immediately jump into a close-up and then pull out to a wide you can move them about all over the place whereas you have to really attract them to point their device in a certain direction. Let's go and talk about VR now as well. So um, I'd be really pleased if we could trail your current project with XR Stories or your, your new project with XR Stories. So let's let's give it a name and let's describe um, what it is and the story that you're 
hoping to tell through the project. So the the story, the working title is These Gardens Grew From Ghosts. And um, the basic idea is that we want to allow people to immerse themselves into our paper worlds. Like I mentioned earlier, a lot of people say that to us. I just want to live in your paper worlds. And we thought, right, let's do it. Let's, let's grant this wish. So as soon as you put on the headset, you will be kind of miniaturized into one of our paper models and you will be able to walk through our paper models and kind of discover a story. And the story at the moment is um, about a woman who is suffering or not suffering, um, is, is living with some form of memory loss or is trying to put her world back together. So she, she kind of builds these models that she immerses uh, herself in, in order to kind of hold on to her memories. And so we will populate these paper models with characters from her past and from a present, from a future, wherever. And what we are trying to do with this funding to actually work out, so how are we going to do this? How are we going to transport uh, our audiences into our paper worlds? How do we film this? Um, what sort of technologies do we use in order to replicate our quality of our paper models in VR? Because you can obviously you can create 3D models that look like paper models in VR, but there is a sort of a, you know, a tangibility, a quality, a, a sort of imperfection to physical paper models that we'd like to have um, in the experience. So, so that's the first step now. That's what we'll be doing over the next few months to actually work out, right, how do we actually do this? <laughs> Something that just came to mind then was scale, right? So we we make a lot of projects where we create sort of miniature characters that the audience look at from the outside looking in. So they're looking at a paper model that comes to life with projections. And we thought, how about reversing that perspective so that people are actually in the model looking out? How, how does that feel? And that's the cool thing about virtual reality is that you can just completely play with scale in a way that that you just can't do with film in the same way that you can actually make people feel like they're surrounded by a different world. And that's just really exciting, to be honest. One thing I wanted to say earlier, because you were saying that, John, about funding, what we did find with our Creative XR project, one of the reasons why it has become an international co-production, which is exciting, um, is that there seems to be much more money for immersive technologies in France or in Canada rather than in the in the UK. I guess it's just another obstacle for for making work in this area. Have you spotted why that might be? It, you know, um, so in Canada and France, is there greater acceptability of these new forms of storytelling, or is it is it more that it's sort of funder led and there's enthusiasm where the money is at the moment, and that's leading the you know, or that's assumed to lead the demand for these immersive experiences further down the line. I think I think it comes governmentally, might be wrong in saying this, but I think that there just seems to be within a, a lot more government funding to invest in these technologies um, 
because I think they can see that as a, as a really good future investment. And I think there's just a little bit less government funding here. The situation that we are finding us in now is that because the money is coming from France and Canada, our stake in the project has become quite small. So I think that's what might happen is that if projects get created in the UK, the creators lose a fair amount of equity when these projects become big international co-productions, you know. I think that's a really sort of fair point to sort of to leave it on as well, which is, you know, I think um, the the driving ethos behind, you know, why XR Stories exists and why the Creative Economies program, which is, you know, it's, it's government funded, public funded, essentially, um, one of the one of the rationales for that is that the UK's creativity and immersive um, storytelling and uses of new technologies in the creative industries is like is second to none, and we know that that's the case because mm -hmm. there's plenty of data. It's why the funding is is there at the moment. But how do we accelerate? How do we now mm -hmm. continue to kind of be world leaders in this in this stuff? So yeah, we we won't be building necessarily building the hololenses and the AR glasses of the future, but we will be building the stories that that we love. Thank you, um, Davey and Kristen. Um, that was so good. Um, I, I really enjoyed how, more than any other guest actually, we've been able to move between different bits of technology and ways of thinking about story with so much ease. And to what you said, it's because for you, it doesn't necessarily matter what the technology is. It's It's whatever's the best way of telling your stories. Thank you for listening to the XR Stories podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and don't forget to rate and review to help more people find us. You can find more information on our projects by heading to our website, xrstories.co.uk or you can find us on Twitter at XR underscore stories. XR Stories supports research and development in cutting-edge digital technologies in the Yorkshire and Humber region. We have a programme of funding, research collaboration and connection to champion a new future in storytelling. XR Stories is supported and funded by the Arts and Humanities Research Council, the European Regional Development Fund, the University of York, the British Film Institute and Screen Yorkshire.